0: Messages here today. Let me see what we've got. Okay, this one. Uh, thought from discussion on validity of ceremonies performed by people acting falsely. Ooh. I don't think God holds the sin of anyone else against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that. So, um, yes, you may well suffer the consequences of the sin of others, the sins of the fathers being visited on the third and fourth generation. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. But you will not... Be held personally responsible if you are acting in true belief and faith. I don't have a Bible verse for this. Oh, I do. Um, but base my thought on what I know of God's character of justice and mercy. So I'm going to help this uh, person out here. Let me just freaking my Bible over to this passage right here. Let me just find it. Where did it go? It's disappeared out of my Bible. I'm going to come back with it. I'm going to come back. I do have a Bible verse for you on this, and I thought mm-hmm. it was right here. I was sure it was right here. Maybe it's in the other book. Try <laughs> the Lyle's other racking one. his brain right now. Why is it not there? Is it a,
1: te- a terrible feeling when you it know something the other and then you
0: don't? It is in the other one. Okay. I was in Isaiah. It's in Ezekiel. Okay. Yes. Uh, what does it say? Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20, the soul that sins it will die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither mm-hmm. shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. Mm-hmm. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him and the, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Yes. So there's the Bible verse for it. There are several other Bible verses. In fact, in uh, Ezekiel chapter 18, what you're going to find is that God spends a little bit of time just dwelling on this subject and making it very, very clear that there is no such thing as you know original sin. Mm-hmm. you're not held guilty for what somebody else did you're held guilty for what you did yes and uh, you should not be held guilty for what you know something that you have had nothing to do with we have a movement in our world today that seems to apply original sin to just about everything that is either wrong or right with the world but anyway mm-hmm. so there's a the bible verse very good comment right there thank you for sending that one yeah, through good stuff um somebody else has texted through to say fascinating history yeah. Thank you. Oh, on the the Royal Flying Doctor Service? Yep. Uh, this Dude, was founded by uh, a Presbyterian pastor. Yes. Okay. Then on the story about the Jesuits, I knew this one to get some comments. Oh, let's, go. Uh, the let's Jesuit, go. The Jesuit order over the centuries has been expelled from every country they infiltrated. I'd say every country that they were caught infiltrating Yes. Uh, because they caused havoc wherever they went under the name of Christianity. The history of the Jesuits is just fascinating it's and, and nobody handsome. knows it today. Nobody realises. Everyone says it's like, well, they're just educators. Yes, they are. There's no such thing as just being an educator. Mm. Uh, you change the educational system, you've changed society. Mm. It's they're, the most powerful force that there is in
1: the world. There's also like some instances oh, you need to watch the movie Silence. If you haven't seen it, or Silence or In the Silence. It's it's about uh, Jesuit priests who go to Japan during the anti Christianity period over there when they banned it and the suffering that the people go through. It's actually it's a really, really good high budget movie starring like the guy who played Desmond Doss in uh Hacksaw Ridge. But yeah. Anyway,
0: they connected themselves they connected themselves to the Kings of the World, the leaders To convert them to Catholicism, well, there's, you know, if you're a Roman Catholic, there's nothing wrong with that, (laughs) Um, but it's very much a wrong thing to uh, unite church and state. Uh, The military arm of the Pope's—that's an interesting fact that a lot of people don't realise that they Mm -hmm. are actually a paramilitary organisation. And even if you look at their organisational structure, you'll find that the head of the Jesuits is called the General, yes, Superior General, Um, and it's got military. It was it was a movement that was founded by a Spanish general yes, who was wounded in battle, incapacitated unable to ever fight in battle again and so he decided to fight the battles of the Lord and started the Counter-Reformation mm. Fascinating history Alright, don't get me started on that, I'll be here all morning Okay, <laughs> um, he recommends the books uh, on the history of the Jesuits by Avro Manhattan mm. and uh, I've read those books as well Very, very interesting reading right there, so I think that's what we've got for text messages Oh, oh wait, 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 wait We've got one more, we've got one more one more. This one's a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah, about uh, washing our bodies with CO two with, um, with, with carbon <laughs> carbon emissions. What a great idea! Please add another poison to our bodies. Oh, <laughs> they will do anything to increase our lifespan while washing our bodies. How good of them! <laughs> I detect a little bit of sarcasm right there. Maybe. <laughs> Oh wait wait wait
1: what was the word so it's like they'll do anything to poison us? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, that's so funny. That's so epic. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There so you go. I guess so what's the solution then? Just just
0: don't bathe. I do know people who bathe without soap. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, they don't smell. Ooh. But this, they never use soap. This is but they do bathe twice a day. Okay. Just you know? Well I it's probably it's probably the healthiest way to do it.
1: I don't want to spend lots of time dwelling on my shower habits, but like I, I use like shampoo for my hair, but that's about it. And then I just use deodorant. And I I smell good. Some people just use deodorant.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some people don't even be and that is very bad. All right,
0: Lyle. Yes. What are we doing now? We're reading a Bible passage. Yeah, let's go. We were talking earlier about defending Christianity. Mm-hmm. And you watched a documentary last night which was called? Uh, It was called American Gospel. American Gospel. Uh, I've also watched that same documentary. It is full on in how it exposes the corruption of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so often I think as Christians we default to being the, how should I put it, the apologists for all forms of Christianity because it's our tribe Mm. and we defend our tribe and we shouldn't. Mm. We see corruption in our tribe, we should expose the corruption that's in our tribe, and we should call it out for what it is. You see, in the Bible, the Bible says that the closer we get to the end of time, the more corrupt Christianity will become, Mm. and it will be described as Babylon the Great. Yes. In other words, the worst organization on the earth. Mm. That should be our expectation in relationship to Christianity and religion as a whole, so often I find people who are spiritual but won't have anything to do with religion because of the corruption that comes with it, and so often when I meet people like that because I want to win them to Christ, I end up trying to defend Christianity along the way, and yet why would I do that when the Bible says that the most corrupt organization that is in the world at the end of time will be Christianity? Yeah, wow. You know, read Revelation chapter 18, yeah. Revelation 17 and 18, and that's what the Bible says. And so we should, you know, this passage that we have to study today is all actually all about that. Mm. And it comes down to our personal connection with Jesus Christ. Mm. We need to have that for ourselves as individuals while we expect organized religion to collapse around us.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Okay, so let's head over to Isaiah chapter three. This is where we're going to start reading from. And we're going to start reading in verse seventeen. I got a bit of a passage here for you this morning, Lawson. Uh-huh. It's a pretty heavy passage. Yeah. It's I'm about keen. God's church. I'm keen. And not only is it about God's church, it is about God's church at the end of time. All right, so Isaiah... It's not going to be immediately apparent that it's the end of time, but as we go further down through the passage, you will see this is all about the end of time. So start reading in verse 17 through to the end of the chapter. All right, Isaiah chapter
1: 3, verse 17, the Bible says, So the Lord will send scabs on her head. The Lord will make beautiful Zion bald. On the day of judgment, the Lord will... Let me just stop there for a moment.
0: Within this passage, Zion, Jerusalem, is a symbol of God's church. Yes. Just just putting that out there, um, we'll look at that. The moment, and it's also referred to as a woman too. Yes, a woman is God's church. Okay, let's so go. So this is a scab. She gets a scab. Doesn't that's pretty. Good.
1: Gr- that's pretty gross. All right, on ahead. Continuing on verse eighteen, the Bible says, "On that day of judgment, the Lord will strip away everything that makes her beautiful: ornaments, headbands, crescent, uh, crescent necklaces, earrings, bracelets, and veils, scarves, ankle bracelets, sashes, perfumes, and charms, rings, jewels, party cloths." gowns, capes, and purses, mirrors, fine linen, garments, head ornaments, and shawls. Instead okay, of... Okay, well,
0: let's stop there for a moment. Let's just comment on this little bit. Oh, okay, thing. okay, okay, okay. Does this give you an impression of a church that is fabulously wealthy?
1: Yeah, if they uh, have all these things that yes. are taken away. Yeah, of course.
0: I mean, this is talking about the ancient world mm. where people sort of only ever owned one piece of clothing mm. as a general rule, but this is God's church that is absolutely dripping with wealth. Does this does this reminiscent of anything you were watching last night? <laughs> oh, bro. When, they're to, bro, when they're talking about like uh,
1: can I just say people's names? That fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're talking about like Benny Hinn driving into like the the Burj, uh, however you pronounce it, like the six star hotel. No, 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 no. The okay. six star, the one that's shaped like a sail. Okay. The six star hotel in um in Dubai, and he's they're like driving in there in Bentleys, um, you know, on their way to preach a, a healing crusade and all that stuff. It's like, oh my, God. Oh, this, my this goodness, is, this is a description of Christianity today. Isn't yeah, it? it's it's fabulously Ouch. wealthy.
0: Ouch. Mm. I love it. And, and
1: all these things like oh, describe so many things here that can all be worn at the same time. Like just imagine how, like, yeah, it's just dr-
0: bogged down by this in a display, a display of an obscene display of wealth. Mm. And when I look at so many TV evangelists today, I see, you know, evangelists in sets that are a display of an obscene. ...amount of wealth Mm. (laughs) while I get on there and beg for more money.
1: There's an Instagram page that puts up, like, infographic pictures of, like, screenshots of pastors... ...and then, like, outlines how much all their clothes cost. And they're, like, wearing, like, $800 shoes and, like, $600 tops and all this stuff. Anyways, we'll we'll continue on here. Uh, Verse 24. Instead of smelling of sweet perfume, she will stink. She will wear a rope for a sash... Her elegant hair will fall out. She will wear rough burlap instead of rich robes. Shame will replace her beauty. The men of the city will be killed with the sword and her warriors will die in battle. The gates of Zion will weep and mourn. The city will be like a ravaged woman huddled on the ground.
0: That's... Yikes. That's oh, that's serious stuff. Heavy. This is what God has to say about prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is exactly what this is about right here. Mm-hmm. Okay, you think that last verse is heavy? Mm-hmm. You should read the next verse. All right, verse one.
1: In that day, so few men will be left that.
0: Uh, no, 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 Let me read it from my translation. Okay, forget the NLT. Okay, you got to right. hear this. You got to hear this. This right. is this is heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, and in that day, seven women will take hold of one man, saying, "We will eat our own bread." And wear our own clothing, only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. OK, let's stop and think about this verse here for a minute. Mm. It's rich with symbolism. Yes. What does a woman, woman symbolize in Bible church? Prophecy? What does seven symbolize? Uh, completeness. Completeness. So this is God's church. It is God's complete church. And what does God's church, and we're going to come to this in the next couple of verses. What does God's church do at the end of time? The Bible says Mm -hmm. they go to one man. Now we're going to identify who the one man is. Mm -hmm. This one man is easy to identify because he has the power to take away their reproach. Mm -hmm. Who's that? Christ. That's Christ. So you've got God's church who comes to Christ at the end of time and says, look, we'll eat whatever we want to eat. We'll wear whatever we want to wear. Just let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. Mm. In other words, we'll eat anything, we will wear anything, we will live in luxury. We, will, we, we just want to live however we want, however we please. Just let us be called Christians so that we can be forgiven of our sins and have eternal life. Ooh. Ooh. This, is, that this, is the the wow. this is this is the prosperity. I said this was a heavy verse. It sticks the knife in and then it. This is this is the word of God, sharper and powerful than a two-edged sword, and it's cutting. Now, the easy thing is for you and I to sit here, Lawson, and to talk about this by looking out at Christianity yeah. and to watch a documentary like you watched last night, which really exposes the absolute cesspit of corruption that Christianity has become. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're very thankful that we're not like them, right? Well Lyle the reality is you know
1: because the the point here isn't like isn't um you know you don't need to be fabulously wealthy to be a sinner that's right is the reality you don't need to have a rich church for it to be a corrupt church absolutely what we see here is that what's being stripped from these people as we as we read before is the things that they hold value in yes. on this world, and then what they're saying to God is we will do our own thing and still be like, you don't need to be rich to do that. In fact, God's problem isn't luxury or riches because there are fabulously wealthy people in the Bible. We've been studying through about Joseph of
0: Arimathea. Who was a... Wealthiest man in Jerusalem. Wealthiest
1: man in Jerusalem, a disciple of Christ. Yes. And, you know, I, I I preached about this on the weekend, you know, principles of stewardship and what good stewardship actually looks like. Good stewardship doesn't look like looking poor or being poor. Good stewardship is using your means to further God's purpose. Yes. And you can do that looking good. You can do that in so many different ways. It's what God calls you to. It's how Jesus works in your heart because it's clear from the Bible that having means and riches isn't. A problem, No, but the problem is using our means and riches or anything, and anything. You don't have to be rich to do this. How? Because I know this, this is, you know, I've experienced this in my life as a Christian person. You can use anything to not come to God in humility. Like you can use mm. anything um, to supplement the gospel, you know, of, that God has given us, which is one of repentance and submission to him. Yes. You can use anything anything it doesn't you know we we can use our computers our phones our pride our activities our jobs literally anything we can put before God it doesn't just say, you know we don't have to just be rich and famous to do so it so
0: we can we can we can read these passages and we can very very easily and clearly apply them to the prosperity gospel that's yeah. not hard uh-huh the hard part is applying them to ourselves mm-hmm and there's no point in us reading this. We're not a part of the prosperity gospel. There's no point in us reading this in the context of the prosperity gospel because we're not there. We need to read it in our context, mm-hmm. where we are. We need to apply this to ourselves today. You as a listener, you need to apply this to yourself today because this is, this is God's message to you. I just love that, you know and it gives us a clear thing. It's like,
1: let us eat our food and let us wear our clothing. You know What are the things? Like when I think of food, food it's like consumption. I don't want to go on like some anti Netflix rant or whatever. Like, cause that's what oh, our people. No, 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 no. Like, I don't want to because I don't believe that that's appropriate. You know, people always say, oh, stop watching Netflix. Da, da, da. It's literally like, it's so much bigger than Netflix, what we consume. Yes. It's yes, so yes. much bigger than Netflix. It's yes. so much like it is the lives that we live. It, you know, it, 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 sh- it says here food, but then it further says clothing you know, what we surround ourselves with, what we clad ourselves with, what we, like clothing, for example. The things that give us security. Exactly, exactly. What, you know, what do we sustain from and the things that give us security? That's what it's talking about here. And it's, yeah, it's so much bigger. Like people want to go take, always take this, put it out of modern context. Of like, you know, you what do you call it? Newspaper prophecy. They're like, oh, it's phones, it's Netflix, it's this and that and the other. No, or literally ed- like outside of the Ten Commandments, like, which is so clear, like these principles on you know what is wrong and what is right. Everything is either good or bad depending on how we use it. Indeed,
0: it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to come back. This mm-hmm. is all sort of like super heavy. The next verses are going to reverse this, and they're going to show us um, hope in the times in which we we'll live. Amen. You're listening to the Breakfast
2: Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: You're listening to the breakfast show, and
2: Liam is back. I'm back. Sorry, guys, just had to duck out for a bit. <laughs> See your testimony
0: over at the school. How did it go?
2: I did well. Actually, I I ended up changing it last minute to uh, oh, to something else. I still shared like something. I, I thought it was pretty powerful, but I um I chose to to I did it last year, Lyle, uh, when I was here. You showed uh, it was when Minnie was here. You showed us a little bit of a magic trick. Okay, with, with a cup and a coin. Yes, that was good fun. Yeah. <laughs> I have used that so many times and I used it again today. So thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. And you had all the kids with their eyes bogging out of their heads?
2: No, I had, uh, their staff.
0: Oh, the staff. Yeah. The staff. Well done. It was
2: staff worship. And I chose to, I mentioned Esther chapter four, verse first, chapter four, verse 14, which talks about, um, working from where you are. Um, so, you know, they're, they've been put here. The other person hasn't been put in this position. They've been put in this position and, uh, just empowering them to, to work from where they're at. Cool. So, yeah, Fantastic. Now, okay, mm-hmm. so what
0: we're going to go do is we're going to go back to Isaiah chapter 4 now. So we mm-hmm. finished chapter 3. We read the first verse of Isaiah 4. We are now going to read, well, we probably end up reading the whole chapter of Isaiah chapter 4. But what the Bible does is a very sharp and sudden flip. Mm-hmm. So the Bible has been talking about the incredible apostasy of God's church at the end of time. And this is where you're going to find the end time context coming through. And it's going to do this massive flip from talking about apostasy to talking about holiness. Mm. Because you could read this first part here and you could say, Christianity is corrupt. Christianity, religion is the problem on earth. This is, you know, the disaster that we are dealing with, and you could come to all of those conclusions. Uh, you know, Christianity is just—it's just all about control. Mm. It's about controlling people, and this is what the Bible is saying. This is what Christianity would be like at the end of time. Christianity is all about just controlling people so you can take their money. Mm-hmm. That's what we read so far. But now you're going to find that not all of Christianity is like that. Yes. Let's flip the coin and let's look at what's on the other side. Liam, why don't you read for us? Ah, uh, verse two. please of chapter
2: four verse Uh,
0: two and three verse two verse two and
2: three of chapter four the bible says but in the future israel the branch of the lord will be lush and beautiful and the fruit of the land will be the pride of its people all those whose names are written down who have survived the destruction of jerusalem will be a holy people
0: okay in my translation Instead of saying in the future, it says in that day. Yeah, so does mine. Yeah, okay. Oh, in that day, in that day. That gives it some really important context, and I'll I'll tell you why it gives it some important context. Because what you've got is you've got the absolute corruption of Christianity at the same time as you have pure Christians. Mm -hmm. So they are contemporary with each other. Yes. So in that day, in that day when Christianity is incredibly corrupt, there will also be a remnant of pure Christianity.
1: The same reality is explained in the book of Revelation 13 and 14, where it presents, you know, it goes through chapter 12, and then specifically chapter 13, and it's like, these will be, you know, the players at the end of time, and it's literally corrupt Christianity. Christianity. That's right. And then chapter 14, it's God's answer. Yes. But there will be, you know, the 144,000, they'll stand with the lamb, you know, and there will be no deceit found in them, you know, his holy people
0: and you've got that sort of repeat and enlarge thing coming through because in chapter 12 you've got the origin of christianity then you've got the corruption of christianity the persecution of christianity by christians and then it ends off with the remnant who keep the mm. commandments of god and have the testimony of jesus mm. christ and so this is the remnant content the, the remnant motive that is is uh is coming through right here mm. and the bible says you know the branch of the lord that's god's church um will be beautiful and glorious and uh, The fruit of the earth shall be exceedingly beautiful for those that are escaped of Israel, uh, those that are are left in Zion. So notice what it says here in verse 3. It shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion. Zion is a symbol of God's church. He that is left in God's church. Mm. That is the remnant uh, motif Mm. right there. The Bible over and over and over again talks about those that remain, those that are left, the remnant. Mm those that are true in their hearts to God, we can't tell who they are right now because we can't read a person's heart. Mm. But God can. And it says the
1: fruit of the land will be the pride and the glory of all who survive Israel. We'll be able to see them by their fruits too. Yes. The Bible says
0: by their fruits you shall know them. Mm. And so once again, if you look at the documentary that you were looking at last night and you simply ask, what kind of fruits am I seeing here? Mm. By their fruits you will know them. Yeah. All right, let's continue reading on. We've got a couple more verses here that we can get through um, four and five, please, Liam.
2: All right, chapter four, verse four and five. The Bible says, uh, "The Lord will wash the will of the whole of a holy people." Hang on, I got two lines mixed up. I the, thought so. <laughs> the Lord will wash the moral filth from the woman of Jerusalem. He will cleanse Jerusalem of its bloodstains by a spirit of judgment and burns like fire that burns like fire then the lord will provide shade for jerusalem and all who assemble there there will be a canopy of smoke and cloud throughout the day and clouds of fire at night covering mm. the glorious land and i'll just wrap up with verse 6 it will it will be a shelter from daytime heat and a hiding place from storms and rain oh that is such an
1: epic passage it is. Because That's,
0: this is just a full-on throwback right here. Yeah, yes. I was just
2: going to say that sounds very, very familiar. I've, it does. I've, I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does. That takes you straight back to the wilderness mm-hmm. and the cloud and the smoke and Over the pillar Exodus. of fire in the wilderness. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, let's, let's highlight a couple of points here. Mm-hmm. The Bible in this passage, talking about the remnant, speaks about the judgment. Mm-hmm. So we know that this is talking about the time of the judgment. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it goes further than that. It talks about the time when God's people are purified and made clean. And notice what it says. There will be a tabernacle, this is in verse 6, for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and a place of refuge, a covering from storm and from rain. Mm, mm. Now, when the Bible talks about a refuge, Mm. that takes your mind back immediately to Psalms chapter 91. Yes. And Psalms 91, you know, hiding under the shadow of the Almighty Mm. during the time of plague. Mm. thousands thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. No plague will come near your dwelling place, the Bible says. That language is talking the very, very end. Mm. So now we're moving right through to the seven last plagues just before Jesus comes back and the Bible says that there will be a cloud. The Bible says that the, the temple at that time in Revelation 15 is filled with smoke. No man's able to enter into the temple. why? because it's full of smoke and that smoke is symbolic of the protection of God's people during this period yes. where God stands up as their defense and he says like this is my people, this is my remnant and he he is going to be there to defend them right to the very end. so many things that we could draw out of. This particular passage right here, and what a fantastic contrast that we have! You know, when the Bible talks about the corruption of Christianity, it can be very discouraging. But right here, we have the win. You're listening to the Breakfast
2: Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, it is come time for question of the day. Hey, that was uh, that was my brother, Eli. Go, Eli. Well when done. did you record that? Uh, that was last year uh, in mid-December. I had my family come down to, to Newcastle and um, I had I got them all to come in and they all did one each. Um, and yeah.
1: Shout out, Eli. That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was not expecting it. Oh, that was awesome. All right. Question of the day. Yes. Well... Why are the maps in the Bible different to the tribes that come from the sons of Jacob?
0: Okay, so if you turn to your maps in the back of your Bible. Not in Google. No, the maps in the back of the Bible. And look at the map that lists the the nation of Israel under the 12 tribes in the land of Canaan. And what you're going to find there is you're going to find the tribe of Dan, the tribe of Asher, uh, Asa, the tribe of Naphtali, Zebulun, Issachar, Manasseh, Gad, Ephraim, Benjamin, Reuben, Judah, and Simeon. Twelve tribes in total. However, those are not the sons of Jacob because Jacob had Joseph. You don't find that listed here. Jacob also had Levi. You don't find that listed here. But when you go to Revelation chapter 7, you can read the twelve tribes of Israel. And in Revelation chapter 7, you are going to find that Joseph is listed there and Levi is listed there. So mm. what's going on? What, what is happening here? Okay, so there's a couple of things that uh, we need to consider. First of all, if we go back to the 12 tribes of Israel, we find that God took the tribe of Levi, separated the tribe of Levi out and separated them out for the work of the priesthood. And so they were to be the priests, the pastors, the social workers, etc., for the entire nation, the educators, and that was what their tribe was for. As a result of that, they were not given land. They were just given six cities, and their job was to, or their income was to be provided by the tithes and offerings that were returned to the temple. And so that's where the tribe of Levi comes from, a very, very advanced civilization where you have an entire a uh, portion of the population, one twelfth of the population, that is dedicated to nothing but the spiritual and educational and um, social needs of the community. What ancient, what ancient nation ever had that? Yeah, wow. A professional ministry and a professional um, education. N- you know, no one in that era had anything like that. So it was absolutely marvelous. And so what that did was that it left you with eleven tribes. Now, of course, that problem was solved by taking Joseph's tribe and dividing it in two. And Joseph had two sons. Their names were Ephraim and Manasseh. And so you do not find that amongst Jacob's sons there is Ephraim and Manasseh. He never gave birth to those boys. They are Joseph's sons.
1: Neither did Joseph because he was
0: a male. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but you're getting past, you're skipping, you're distracting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting back to what what we're actually talking about right here. So you find that, yes, Joseph doesn't actually... That's why there's no tribe of Joseph here when you go to the book of Revelation and you read about the 144,000, those that are alive on earth just before Jesus comes back and they're spoken of very symbolically here as coming from the 12 tribes of Israel, what you find is that spiritual Israel also has 12 tribes. But the 12 tribes of spiritual Israel match the original sons of Joseph. They don't match the reality in the land of Palestine. There's a couple of reasons for that. Dan is missed out. Whereas I say, no, no, the spiritual Israel... Doesn't match exactly, yeah, okay. But Dan is missed out, and Ephraim is missed out. Why? Dan was typically the tribe that led Israel into apostasy. They would start up; they're a small tribe, and they'd kind of kick it off. They'd start worshiping idols, and then they would infect the rest of the nation. Ephraim, being the biggest and the most powerful, would come along and make it state policy and so they would actually have the muscle to enforce you know, idolatry right across the board and so they missed out from spiritual Israel Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM